Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, back in Studio B for Bo. How are you, Zach? Doing great. Excited for the show. Um, you had a chance to uh, talk to the coordinators today. We'll talk about that. We are going to take a little bit of a look back at some of our preseason predictions, see how uh, we fare after five games into the season. We're going to talk to Brian Baldinger in a little bit, get his take on some of the things happening in the trenches for the Eagles. What else is going on in your neck of the woods? We got the uh, the reviews from Emily Berman on Studio B. She She thinks it's looking good. More importantly, we got the reviews from the audience. Well, she's among the audience, so I shouldn't say more importantly. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Studio B. I hope she doesn't take offense to that. I know. I think I'm a little closer to you today than I was yesterday. I feel, I feel like every day we grow a little <laughs> okay. bit closer. So. Uh, yeah, no, it's I, I like this studio. I, I came rushing over here from the coordinators, heard Brian Johnson. Police Sean escort, Desai. it sounded like. No police escort. Uh, Sean Desai and, uh, of course, Michael Clay had talked about what's up with the uh like the long distance between michael clay and brian johnson brian johnson has meetings gets out of his mm. meeting i think around noon so that's why there's that lull there and it, it's a good time for me to talk to the other writers yeah what did you learn from the other writers today i'll save that for after the show i don't think we were on the record i think you're always on the record you can't <laughs> Uh, did EJ have a response to uh, his name drop in yesterday's podcast? EJ did not mention that uh, yesterday. Yes. Okay. But I did talk to EJ and I spoke to <laughs> Josh and I spoke to Olivia. Yeah, it was very nice. Okay. Uh, what did you learn from the coordinators? Well, so a few things. Sean Desai, uh, w the, the blitzing that we've discussed, he said a lot of that had to do with the opponents that they faced, right? I mean, this is it's been their highest blitz percentages and he said they're always trying different things with the defense but you also have to consider the opponents too so think about the quarterbacks they might have faced or the offensive lines these past two weeks i think you mentioned you made a good point yesterday that with kind of new personnel in there it's kind of it's sometimes easier to say just run toward the quarterback um he didn't mention that but i, I thought that was a good observation somebody brought you. up the uh, the orlando scandrick jets game ah uh, yes as i like a that. Response okay. to that yes yes so that's that's one thing that came up. Uh, you and I were speaking, be or texting rather. We should be, I should be more clear before the coordinator spoke. And yeah, you were curious about the usage of the uh, defensive tackles, which we'll speak to Baldy about. And he mentioned he kind of gave a generic answer. He said something that they go over with with Tracy Rocker. They like to cycle those guys through. Didn't give a succinct answer as to why Milton Williams took the work over Jordan Davis. But my guess is that they like Milton Williams in that pass rushing role more right now than Jordan Davis. Um, we'll certainly learn more there. Uh, and so that was some from Sean Desai. From Brian. Anything on the impending return of N'Kobe Dean? So he was actually asked the question that, uh, well, I don't think we talked about it. You see, you and I talk so much. I forget if we talk mm. in the studio or like in the studio or outside the studio. In our dreams. Uh, not in our dreams, but... I I said, do you think there's a chance Nicholas Morrow could take over or could still have a role post Nicobe when Nicobe Dean gets back? And he was asked that question, and he said they'd like to have a role for everybody. He kind of gave a generic answer, but my guess is it'll be Nicobe Dean in there. And he he did make a reference that like these are things that were always kind of when I asked about the Fletcher Cox absence and why they went to the tackle rotation. He said something that they've dealt with each week, and this week something that they'll get DJ Elliott in on, which makes me think that N'Kobe Dean's close to returning, uh, if you kind of read some context clues there. 
So that was Sean Desai, Brian Johnson. Uh, the I feel like I would not be interested in going to watch a concert by DJ Elliot. You know, not super interesting. Watch a concert by DJ Elliot because he'd be a DJ. Yeah, like not a very good name for a DJ. Well, no offense to Elliot Shore Parks. Yeah, exactly. He's a one DJ Elliot. Elliot is, I mean, I think we can do better. Who's your favorite DJ? Uh, the one from Full House. DJ, DJ Tanner? DJ Tanner. Okay. I, I, Although, I actually, that's, I think that she has turned into uh, something of a, of a wacko these days. So I, I could be wrong. I, I, I might take that back. I'm going to okay. have to think of a different DJ. I'll go DJ Jazzy Jeff. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yes. That's good. Uh, and I, I liked uh, Greg Bishop's story in Sports Illustrated where he spoke to DJ Jazzy Jeff about his relationship with Jalen Hurts. Where does Greg Bishop rank on your, uh, your, your national writer, Mount Rushmore? Is he, is he in your top four? He's tied for top one, yeah. You're not going to give me a top four? I'll give you top uh, I mean, I, I think Greg Bishop and Seth Wickersham are, okay. are as good as it gets in terms okay. of those features. Yeah, those are... Those are two guys who I look up to. You're not going to get well, there's give me two more? There's different styles. And I'm there's... asking for Rushmore. Well, that's the thing. There's like the Peter King Monday morning columns, yeah. which, which I love, right? I mean, I love Shio Kapati. I was going to say, I, you know, I, I love... noticeably absent so no, far. I love Shio Kapati's picks, every... picks every Thursday. So there's, I try to take things from, from, from different writers. I like Albert Breer's column, but I'll say that Seth Wickersham and Greg Bishop to me, are a point like when I say appointment reading, when one of their stories comes out, I literally stop what I'm doing, stop what I'm doing, and I read. And uh, I I could tell you, for instance, when Seth Wickersham, Sean Payton's story came out, I was in the middle of uh, working on something, and I stopped that work and read it right away. That could be interpreted in many different ways. Let's say that Seth Wickersham and Greg Bishop drop something on the exact same day at the exact same oh. moment. Who's he reading first? I probably have one on my computer, one on my phone, and I would. Yeah, that doesn't work. I would alternate paragraphs. So no, you wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not choosing between. Let's one. say. I'm not choosing between let's the say two. Uh, the Wickersham story is about. Oh yeah, I guess the subject matter would determine. Okay, that. let's say yeah. let, let's say the Wickersham story is about. Are we doing this? Let's call it uh, Frank Reich. Okay. And the Greg Bishop story is about. Hmm. Let's say Tua. I, no, Tua. Uh, I would probably read the Tua one because I have more to learn about Tua than Frank Reich. Okay. Uh, but so, so back to the coordinators. Um, Brian Johnson, he, he didn't get much in the detail about why Jalen Hurts ran, kind of spoke about how that's like always part of the skill set. Did acknowledge they need to fix the red zone. Um, it's something that, that they're always looking at. I, I, I followed up with uh, distinguishing between the high red zone and the low red zone, and I'm going to ask Baldy about that too because I think part of their issue is partic particular to the high red zone. They seem to stumble up there. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, we are dealing with sort of a small sample size. They've, yeah. had, they've had, you know, four or five yes. uh, goal-to-go situations that have started at like the 9 or 10-yard line, which makes it a little bit more difficult. But I also just think that we can trust like aesthetically and by the eye test that it, it just doesn't seem like there's yes. quite the same level of sophistication right yes. now. Um, they, they, they like the way Sua played in particular against Aaron Donald. Um, the third receiver, uh, he, he didn't get, I, I didn't want to say like, why is Quez playing over a because 
that discussion, Nick Sirianni discussed and it. And Sirianni or, talked about it exactly. yesterday during our show. Yep. About how, you know, Quez brings those clear out routes. Exactly. His speed is real, but. So I, I asked specifically what he looks for in that third wide receiver, right? And he acknowledged that, like, you're not going to get, uh, you're you're not going to get the same amount of targets, right? Um, so you just kind of have to have to fit within that role. Um but but those were some of the things that 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 came up. They have a difficult assignment this week in Quinn and Williams. Someone said, "I feel like you're sitting closer together than my wife and I do at our anniversary dinner." I do feel like we're sitting close together too. Um, I don't think we're that close. Yeah, we are a little close. Um, I think it was where is this it making you uncomfortable? A bit, yeah, a, a bit. Classic. This is like the very very <laughs> classic Zach retro masculinity. He can't he can't retro not be masculine. comfortable. Sitting close to another man. We're not even that close. I thought our knees were touching, but that's actually the uh, the um, <laughs> the table. I'm touching the table. Here. That's what you think. Yes. <laughs> uh, so those are some notes from the coordinators. You have I'm... literally just backed off. You have just backed away from me yes. for the audio listeners. Yes. <laughs> I will have more on all PHLY. He's moving. He continues to move to the side. I will have more. What on are you all... so scared of? I will have more on all PHLY.com. I saw you holding cough drops yesterday. Uh, so maybe I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be a little careful. I don't here. think that's what's going on here. Yeah, I'm trying to be careful. I mean, I, I need to. I need to uh, to make sure I'm 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 healthy. It's only it's, it's only week six. Mm. I can't get ill in week six. That's usually like a week fourteen, week fifteen thing. Get it out of the way though. True. And then I have the annual March like one month cough that I get. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not anymore because I have a daily show. So. Well, you know, if it happens, it happens, Zach. Uh, before we get into our sort of look back at our predictions from before the season, the NFL season. Is going strong. It's week six, like Zach just said. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that is even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Discuss upcoming game. Oh, <laughs> discuss upcoming game. Well, the upcoming game for the Eagles is... The Jets and uh, the Eagles. You if pulled you are, a Zach, by the way. If you, I did pull a Zach. <laughs> and if you are thinking of like betting trends, we all know that uh, no greater trend than the Eagles have never lost to the New York Jets. That is the longest running uh, such domination without a single win in NFL history. No other team has not beaten another team among the 32 teams right now. So, uh, you know, you want to bet on that continuing by all means. And you can get in on the game day greatness by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and using code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21 and older, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming 
resources. Uh, one call out I, I want to make. Well, there's two quick call outs. First off, shout out to Rich Hoffman, uh, our outstanding newsletter writer. That hey man, thing I like drops to call in my inbox. Rich. Yeah, that thing drops in my inbox and love reading it. Even if you were in the middle of a Seth Wickersham story, you would drop what you were doing <laughs> to get to the Rich Hoffman newsletter. Yeah, I, I think it's it's conversational. It covers what happens the night before, gets in a lot of different um, things in there. So Fantastic. Yeah, make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, I also want to, if, if you're a... Writing a, every night, Rich. What a, what a workhorse. Uh, that sounds like a dream to me. Writing every night. Um, want to switch places? Why? I'd love doing a show with you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I in, in speaking of, I don't of, think Rich would be so worried about uh, sitting close to me. <laughs> and speaking of writing, uh, one of the perks of our, of our diehard, um, tier is, is that you have access to this discord. Uh, and I'm on, so on the, on the discord, you know, we're having conversations with the diehards. And one of the things I put out on the Discord today was uh, kind of I'm, I'm curious from the audience the game preview that Bo and I do that we've done we've done different versions of it now for five years together, and we've done email exchanges we've done like by sections it's it's had the, we used to call it the cheat sheet uh, the and beat back and forth the beat back and forth and so one thing I put out to the Discord today was. Do you want the email exchange? Because I've heard some feedback there. Or do you want it by sections? You know, when the Eagles are on offense, when the Eagles are on defense, something I learned from the locker room, something, uh, you know, a number to know in our predictions. And I, I, I received some, some feedback this morning that people like the sections because it's, it's kind of more organized. Some people like the email exchange. So I'm curious uh, if you're watching live or even if, if you go back and watch, you can email me at Zach at allphly.com. But let us know because we're always troubleshooting, trying to figure out the best way to give you the content that you want. And, and this is the, the the classic Zach Berman dilemma, <laughs> is that you take so much uh, weight with every single piece of feedback you are given <laughs> yeah, by true. any person. That is true. And yes. so if there is conflicting feedback in any way, it is a real sort of death spiral for you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's, it, sounds so, like, it sounds like uh, you're my therapist here or something. Yeah, it's, it's true. I listen. I listen to everything. Right. Yes. No matter the source. Yes. Like you don't not you don't necessarily not to not to down, you know, downgrade anybody, but you do not consider the source. Every single every single piece of feedback is given equal weight, it feels like. And uh, I think that this is probably an exciting opportunity for those of you who are considering joining the discord <laughs> because you can truly affect <laughs> Zach's life and yes, well-being by having the opportunity to give him feedback that he will give maybe a little bit more weight to uh, than yeah. if you were just commenting on Twitter. But that I, I read everything. Everything. You know how coaches Some say... Some guy was coming at you for the uh, the, the, the travel wear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know how coaches say, like, oh, I don't read anything. <laughs> like, no, if I was a coach, I would walk in and I'd, I'd be like, you wrote this today and you wrote this today. I like the 14th paragraph in that story. That was a good point, but that could, that requires a little more nuance. If you write that next time, text me ahead of time and we can talk it out. That's what I would do if I was a coach. Um, but uh, no, it, it, it is true. I Dizzying. Have, it's not dizzying. I, you know, I, I have a, one of my favorite poems is on my desk, If by Rudyard Kipling. And there's a, a line in there, if all men count with you, but none too much. Um, I think I have the if all men count with you down, but not the if none too much down. So, Okay. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> I think it's a fun, uh, yeah. it's a fun part of your but personality. Yeah, so, uh, I'll leave your your comments here. You can email me. You can comment. By the way, uh, while we're on 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 that subject, if you listen on audio, comment on iTunes. I check all those out. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, put the comments on YouTube. I'm always looking for feedback to make this show better. And I'm counting on Zach to let me know what <laughs> feedback there is because I am not reading it. Uh, Fair enough. Because that's not why I'm here. Yep. All right. Uh, Zach, one of the uh, the very last pieces of content we produced at our uh, last place was our our sort of superlative predictions mm. for the season. And so I want to sort of check in here at, now that we are a third of the way through yep. the regular season. Are we a third? It was framed as Sirianni about a, a quarter. You know, the 17 games makes it. Are you at? The, are you just past the quarter? Or are you approaching the third here? I mean. Literally neither. Yeah, yes. it's it's okay. between the two. I'm, so probably a third. I'm just saying yes. that we're basically a third, a third of the, of the way, way through. through. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's interesting to just sort of check in. I mean, it's it has literally only been a month since uh, we wrote this article before the season. So mm -hmm. uh, tell me how you think we both fare in our answers here. So the first one was most likely to get uh, his or her first Pro Bowl nod, and you went with Dallas Goddard. Uh, I think for all the reasons that we've talked about. Remember last year, he may, he may have made it, but he wasn't eligible because he was on IR at the time. You said he must remain healthy and the targets will be split with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, but it's hard to see a scenario in which Goddard is not a top of the league tight end. Yeah, so I stand by this and I actually think he's going to be in Pro Bowl contention because if you, if, if you play fantasy football, and I imagine a lot of you do, you know it hasn't been a great year for the top tight ends. Like the top tight end in the NFC right now is Sam Laporta. Uh, a solid rookie for the for the Lions, but and you did a good job here making sure to shoehorn in your boy. You said Kyle the competition <laughs> of the NFC includes George Kittle, T.J. Hawkins, and Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so 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 those four haven't been exceptional either this year. Uh, so I still think there's chance for Dallas Goddard to finish near the top of the NFC, the top of the NFL among tight ends. So I actually stand by that. Didn't look good through the first four weeks, but he had that big game this past week. Do you think? You know, water gun to your uh, midsection right now. You would you would bet on Dallas Goddard making the Pro Bowl? Yes. Okay. Very expansive. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I just said. I thought we saw last week what's going to come. Okay. I think uh, I asked Brian Johnson about this today, the yards after the catch, and they did some things to get him ahead of steam, which uh, I'll take a whiff here. I got the odor on. Okay. Uh, that I said this on last week's show. When everyone was saying, what's going on with Dallas Goddard's production? I was saying, you got to go deeper into the numbers. It's not about targets. It's not about catches. It's about yards after the catch. And I got that from speak. I spoke to Dallas Goddard about it. He told me what needed to happen. And it happened. And he had the big game. So if you want to know what's going to happen, listen to the PHLY Eagles podcast. And read Zach's stories on allphly.com. I said uh, I didn't want to double dip. Goddard was a good answer. A very, very smart, classic Bo Wolf thing here where I sort of <laughs> mentioned several possibilities. I said there's probably a good opportunity for DeAndre Swift. I said Reed Blankenship could ride an Eagles wave to the Pro Bowl. I said Jalen Carter will have the name recognition if he has the kind of early season impression some teammates expect him to. But I went with Devontae Smith who could establish himself as a bona fide superstar in his third season. I would, looking back at that now, I would say that of the four that I mentioned, 
Devontae is probably like the third or fourth most likely. I would say that DeAndre Swift and Jalen Carter are probably more likely to make the Pro Bowl. At this point, I would say so. And there have been some really good receivers in the NFC this year. Although Justin Jefferson on IR now, that certainly affects things. Yeah. Now, obviously, like we got a long way to go. If yeah. AJ Brown misses time, Devontae Smith's numbers maybe go yeah. up and, and you're talking about uh, his chances raising. Uh, starter, we are not paying enough attention to, Zach. You said I am probably supposed to say Josh Sweat for old time's sake, but instead <laughs> you're going with Avante Maddox, mm. who was limited to nine games last season because of injuries and was not himself upon returning. Uh, the Eagles need him healthy and playing at a high level because it's a position where they lack depth. Very incisive. <laughs> that was apparent last season in Maddox's absence, and Mario Goodrich appears to be the top option entering the season. James Bradbury received work in the slot during training camp, but Philadelphia needs Maddox on the field looking like the player it signed to an, a contract extension two seasons ago. Great insight. What analysis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I said, if you want to know what's going to happen, read Zach and Bo. Uh, I don't know. That sounded a little too pompous for, for me to say. But I, I stand by that. That's someone that they needed. The injury had a major effect on them. And I, we've seen during – now, it hasn't cost them wins, but we've seen during the past three games uh, how much that – they didn't have a succession plan or a backup plan at that, at that position. So yeah, I think that was a good answer and that's a player who deserved more attention and he certainly got attention with him out of the lineup. But I also, I, I also think that this is a good um, elucidation of this was a problem that was foreseeable. Yes. And well in terms of the roster building, you know, they, they try to plan for every possibility and inevitability and not having a better plan at backup nickel. Now, maybe their plan was exactly. there's going to be there's going to be a veteran who shakes loose, a guy like Bradley Roby from somewhere, and we'll, we will always have that option. But I think internally, it's fair to criticize them for not having a better plan for what happens if and when Avante Maddox gets hurt. Sure. Now, I did think going into the, the summer, Zach McPherson was that plan, a third-year player, former fourth-round pick, someone that they like. Uh, but Zach McPherson getting injured in the Baltimore game really kind of threw things off because they, they, they didn't have much depth thereafter. Uh, my answer here was, was less about the like player we're not paying attention to and more about the Hassan Reddick injury. Mm. Were we not making enough of okay. uh, the thumb? And I, you know, I think that was maybe partially on the nose, but also he has shown that maybe we were too worried about it to begin with. So Talk about someone who has his thumb on the pulse of the team. Wow. How about that? See what I did there. Uh, another one, another good call here from Zach on the backup most likely to make an impact. Josh Job. Mm. The Eagles are relying on two 30 and over cornerbacks on the outside. They have both remained durable. So age does not necessarily mean injury. But if that happens or if Maddox goes down and Bradbury <laughs> moves inside, Job is the next man up as an outside cornerback. I want to say, I didn't tell Bo to go Bo, to go based off this, but with each each successive answer... <laughs> This is like boosting. Feeling pretty good, yeah. You know, I, I got to be honest. I usually leave these shows feeling worse about myself than when we started. Um, this this is the first show in five years that I feel better about myself than when we started. I yeah. think this is an important lesson for you, Zach. Don't listen to the other people. Listen to yourself. Get the get the 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 worth and value of yourself from your from within. You know, a lion does not concern himself with the opinions of the sheep, as Jalen Hurts might say. Yes, and I, and I say, who's the sheep here and who's the lion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
yeah, so that answer, I, I, I think that, that has, has, has come to bear, obviously. Josh Job was on the field. He is the top outside corner. And the other thing, by the way, is it's not just a, a Maddox injury, and we saw Bradbury out for one game this season already, but Darius Slay might go down. Yeah, I mean, I should say might go down. Darius Slay could go down. James Bradbury could go down. Josh Job is the top guy on the outside, and that's, that's not changing. So I think we'll see more Josh Job as the season progresses. Now, uh, here I mentioned Christian Ellis, but really zeroed in on Sidney Brown. Hmm. and said presumably one of Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans will start alongside Blankenship in week one, but the safety pairing will feel like a waiting game for Sidney Brown until defensive coordinator Sean Desai calls for the rookie. Could this go the way it did with N'Kobe Dean a season ago when the third-round pick everybody loved remained a backup because the team was rolling? Maybe. But for a defense that figures to take a step back, that level of consistency feels unlikely. Sidney Brown's balls-to-the-wall style might invite big plays for the opposition in equal measure, but he offers the most difference-making potential at the position. I I, I sort of stand by that. It it still feels to me like... I I do think that Justin Evans um, is better enough than Terrell Edmonds to make a difference, but I I still believe that over the course of the second half of the season, I would not be surprised if we start to see much more Sidney Brown. They should hope so. And I actually like some of what Justin Evans is doing. Um, I, I give him credit there, but Sidney Brown, I think the, the upside, and we've talked about it on, on this show, take the Band-Aid off, get him out there. I know he's dealing with the injury now, but, but when he's back, if he's eventually going to be an answer for you, I always like to do this sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, let's do one more before mm-hmm. we start to transition to Baldy. Uh, player most likely to take a step back. I mean, you take a shot at Brandon Graham. I don't think that was necessary. Not a shot. So it's nothing I, short of remarkable that he returned from a ruptured Achilles tendon on his 13th season and reached double-digit sacks for the first time in his career. But he will remain a contributor. It's unrealistic to expect the type of production from him again this season. I mean, he's just standing there laughing on the sideline. You don't need to be telling Brandon Graham he's not going to be as productive. Brandon Graham would tell you he's... he's he. I mean, Brandon Graham would, would tell you he has, he's playing a smaller role this year, but they're keeping him fresh. He's helping the younger guys. He's leaving games feeling healthy. Uh, he's helping where he can. So I think that was, I think that was spot on. I, I'm actually. I don't know about that. Well, yeah. I mean, the production is. Yeah. It, it was obvious that he was not going to be like the same sack production level. It's really the quality of play, and I don't think that the quality of play has taken that much of a step back. Yeah, I'm going to walk in tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk into home, and Emily's going to say like. <laughs> Like, man, what you're has feeling, gotten you're into feeling, you, Zachary Berman? <laughs> you are, are you strutting right now? Like, are you feeling good Playing about yourself? on the kisser. Yeah, like you're not. You, I mean, you, you're like you're not going to sit in the shower for an hour, just you know, <laughs> con- you know, contemplating your life decisions. Like, what's going Calling on? Calling everybody here? in your in your phone book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Good. So, I'm glad we could give this to you. Yeah, this is a gift to Emily. This is a fun exercise today. Uh, I said the corners. Uh, the starters on the outside are over 30 and they were so good last season that it's only fair to expect some kind of regression add on a pass rush that can't be as sack proficient as it was a season ago and a much stronger schedule of opposing quarterbacks. And we should probably downgrade our expectations a bit. I think that also has sort of held up well with what we've seen through the first uh, third slash quarter of the season. All right. Well done. Uh, Before we get to Baldy, you know, we've got to talk a little bit about game time. Because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. 
With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. All that good stuff. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just one, two, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email all you got to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. I'm glad you feel good, Zach. Yes, I, I can do three hours of this. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. You know, let's let's keep talking about all the other things I got right. Yeah. Well, there might be some more as we as we uh, yeah, move on in the DeAndre episode. Swift, I mean, DeAndre Swift. I, I can keep going on there. Well, I mean, I am the one who said he might go to the Pro Bowl. You yeah. didn't quite go that far, no, so maybe you weren't as high on him as you thought you were. <laughs> I only give one name, though. Unlike you, who gives three names. Tries to claim credit for all of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it means you're playing like a sucker. It's, you gotta, it just means you gotta take your yeah. opportunities, be a volume shooter. What okay. are you uh, looking forward to talking to Baldy about here? Well, I want to know what the tape says uh, on a handful of issues. Some of these hot button issues that we discussed, like the red zone, for instance, I know that it's a topic that's come up. It's a topic that, that you and Jamie discussed post game. I'm curious about that. We talked Jalen Hurts last week. And I want to know uh, what he thought about the tape with, with Jalen Hurts. Another big topic last week was Sue Opeta. And Sue Opeta, uh, I thought, looked good. I want to know what the tape says there. Um, the, the third wide receiver, I'm real fascinated by Sean Desai. I think I, I, we talked, we led yesterday's show with it. Sean Desai deserves a ton of credit uh, for the way this defense is playing. And it's, it's a different defense than it was last year, but it's, it's, it's a productive defense. And I want to know what the tape is showing from Sean Desai, uh, the the slot situation, and then it's it's always good to look ahead. I haven't I mean, I've seen the Jets on TV because they've had national games, but I I haven't done so much work. Although I was I was watching they they were the game the other night. I was watching that uh, or no they were the game yeah Thursday last week right last yeah, Thursday last, yeah. yeah so I did watch that one. Um, like Brees Hall, good I like Brees Hall. Yeah, liked him coming out of Iowa State. I mean, he was like the top drafted running back. It's not, <laughs> not a huge uh, swing, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they they just lost Barrett Tucker. Uh, you got Zach Wilson, your boy, back there. Tiny so. Tim, the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Yes. I really hope. Looking ahead to Thursdays, I I really hope I get the number one pick. I win rock paper scissors shoot mm. because I want you to end up with Zach Wilson. This you is are, a... you are destined. You are destined to have a team with Zach Wilson. I would not draft Zach Wilson. No, oh, you would have Tanner McKay or Marcus Martin? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but then we don't know who won or lost. <laughs> well, all the more reason that I can take, I can claim uh, okay. a victory. You can say Mario was there. If McKee was, yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Okay. There's yeah. no way I would, I would, I would choose no, to have go, Zach Wilson. You got to go no, with the don't. other quarterback. You can't do this game. You can't do a draft with the two teams playing in that and not have the other quarterback. Yes, you can. We draft other backups at other positions. Who actually play? Not necessarily. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I drafted Tyler Steen incorrectly the yes. other week, but you, you did draft Tyler Steen incorrectly the other week. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't. I mean, it's about showing the strengths of the roster. It's not okay. necessarily. Yes. It'd be funnier if, if if you went with like Trevor Simeon. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. yeah. Or just Aaron Rodgers. I like a Trevor Simeon. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always a tough name to remember how to spell. S I E M I E N. Is that correct? M I what? S I E M I E N. Incorrect. S E I M I E N? No. What is it? S I E M I A N. Ah, it's an A, not an E. Trevor okay. Simeon. Simeon, okay. Who preceded your boy, Clayton Thorson, at Northwestern? Clapton Thorpin. Clayton Thorson. That's right. All right, still waiting on Baldy, so why don't we keep uh, rolling down the preseason predictions? Dominant midseason storyline that we are not talking about yet. Zach says defense is harder against top quarterbacks. The Eagles feasted on mediocre or substandard quarterbacks for much of last season, and this year's slate is considerably more difficult. There's a three-game stretch in which they see Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. So much focus goes to how Desai's defense will be different than Jonathan Gannon's, but perhaps more attention should go to the conditions in place that might be difficult for this defense. This feels like you're just sort of setting the stage for a like a gain in defense is really what that is. No, this is actually having some foresight, okay? 5-0 uh, is great, and the Eagles need to be 5-0 and because you win the games that you need to win. They've been favored in all these games. But this schedule gets decidedly more difficult, and I think things are going to be, you know, the, the tenor each week is going to seem different when you have the Cowboys and the Bills and the 49ers, uh, and you go on down that list, the Chiefs in there. So, uh, the, I mean, the, add the Dolphins to that list. So, although the injury to, to, to Devon A. Chain, is, uh, that's a tough one for them because he's been electric this year, as someone projected. Uh, so I think that uh, that is going to be a dominant midseason storyline that, man, they're facing a murderous row of quarterbacks. I like the uh, pedantic back and forth you had with somebody on Twitter where you said uh, A-Chain will miss the Eagles play the Dolphins next week. Yeah. And someone said, no, they don't. And you said very passive aggressively, this week is not next week. Like uh, I didn't say that, did I? You said, yeah, next week, not this week. Everybody, thank you for hanging with us if you are, uh, if you are still here. And uh, there we yeah, are. There it was like are. a rain. It was like a rain delay. Right. Yeah. OK. I'm just going to put on on Twitter back after technical difficulties. Baldy's coming up. OK. Stone cold newsman that you are. <laughs> uh, that sounds good. So I don't remember what we were talking about. We, oh, we were talking about the we were talking uh, about how correct I, I wasn't in, in my forecasting. No, we were talking about. Uh, oh yes, you uh, you laying the ground the yes. defensive of Jonathan Gannon vis-a-vis -vis this year's defensive performance. Yes, you know what, Zach? If you want to really feel good about yourself, hmm. you also, if we go back to our season predictions when the schedule came out, you know, you had the Eagles winning their first four games. Hmm. Well, we should well, five games, first five games, and uh, you did predict a loss this week. So let's see if your intellectual well, consistency I, I thought Aaron stays there. Was, uh, playing, but we'll hear about this week from. Our man, Brian Baldinger. All right. We've got Baldy. Baldy, sorry for the uh, the holdup there. How are you? I'm good, guy. We get glitches in this world. We just got to work through it. Everything's good. Um, I'm just here in my film room, just going through uh, this past weekend's game. So just trying to get up to date right now. 
You look great. We thank you for uh, for taking the time. You know, last week, Baldy, we talked a little bit about the like the Jalen Hurts as a rusher and how he sort of didn't look the same. Mm-hmm. And this week, we saw it. We saw sort of the vintage 2022 Jalen Hurts. Yep. Uh, do you agree that this was the best game he's played this season and that he sort of had that that verve that maybe was missing through the first four games? For sure, Bo, for sure. Like, I mean, whatever, whatever's ailing him, I'm not here to, you know, try to figure out just what it was. But, I mean, the treatment, the rest, whatever, um, he looked really good. I mean, he had 15 carries, which I still think is too many for him. A lot of them were scrambles. But still, like, he challenged defenders last week. He turned a corner. Uh, you know, he was an effective runner and really added a lot to their offense, I thought. Baldy, the, the confounding thing about this offense, they're top 10 in so many categories except red zone. When you watch the film, what what's going wrong in the red zone or what needs to improve in the red zone? Well, they're, you know, they're 27th in the league, Zach. They're, you know, they've scored eight touchdowns in 19 attempts. Uh, so the numbers are way down. Red zone is, uh, it, it's, it's such a rhythm. It depends, you know, because you could be in the 19-yard line, you're in the red zone. You could be on the goal line, you're in the red zone. So, you know, you have different plays for different parts of that red zone. Um, I can't really put my finger on one thing. You know, they haven't run the ball as well as they have run it in the red zone before. Some of that is Jalen. Last year he set an NFL record for rushing touchdowns. So he hasn't been that type of player through the first five weeks. Um, but he does look like he's getting healthier. So that that that's a big part of it. And then, you know, you just look at how some teams play you. I mean, some teams, you're either going to get quarters defense, you're going to get man to man. To man. I mean, there's basically two things you're going to get. And then you got to have, you know, the right play on to beat it and to defeat it. And so you saw the frustration from J.C. Kelsey last week on the sideline over it. Um, until they – I don't – I can't put my finger on, okay, one thing. I just feel like it's a combination of things right now. You know, last week, Baldy, you, you, you gave us sort of the insight of, of Lane Johnson texting about how excited he was about how, how well Sua played – Obviously, they they hold Aaron Donald without a sack, without a quarterback hit in this game. It almost seems like like there's enough evidence now under Jeff Statland of the way that they have handled Aaron Donald, regardless of who is in the lineup. What is sort of like as you watch that that matchup, what stands out to you about the plan that they had for for Aaron Donald? Well, be honest with you, like they never had that plan before that they had Sunday. That's that's all new, and it really came out of the film room of them watching Aaron Donald last Wednesday just literally ruined the Indianapolis Colts offense, like series after series. And so they, they, they basically, for the most part, just said, wherever Aaron Donald lines up and wherever he goes, Kelsey, that's where you go. And it's basically what Jason did. Now, you can say that to a lot of centers, but almost nobody moves like Jason Kelsey. I mean, you watch him on one particular play. I mean, they literally just completely bail out of the middle. And Kelsey's running almost nine yards backwards with a peta, just chasing after Aaron Donald. And then there was one play where literally you see Lane Johnson, and it's just a freak play, honestly. But like before. Because uh, it's always a freak play when Lane, there's nobody looking. But there's one play in a game, I put it on Twitter on uh, yesterday morning, but like Lane Johnson picks up Aaron Donald and runs him all the way across the other side, like past Malata. And I'm looking at that play going, why can you possibly do that? Like, it's a kind of a twist stunt. And I guess evidently, Kelsey got caught up inside, couldn't get to Aaron Donald. And so Lane just reacted. Like, his reaction was, I'll just stay on it. 
he's the most dangerous. I'll just stay on him and ran him to the other side. And, you know, whatever happened on the play, you know, with Jalen, I'm not sure. But um, they had a plan. They had a plan. It was born. Literally, what they've done in the past out there in L.A. against them is one thing. But I thought they had a really a different plan. And it really involved uh, Kelsey a great deal. But at the same time, I don't take thing, anything away from Sua. Like, he played great. Like, when he had to, like, you know, man up against him, and it wasn't often, but when he did, he did. And so, Opeta has played great. And, Zach, you probably know better, or Bo, I'm not sure. Like, he's been in the system, I think, four years. Maybe it's five. Like, not many people have that luxury of a player that's been in the system, been in those meetings, off seasons, and he's played sparingly. But that's a great quarter and a half that he's played at right guard for the Eagles. Lane Johnson play was like insane. I've it was it was looked like a cornerback, you know, picking up the wide receiver coming off the line. I've never seen anything like that. Go ahead, Zach. If if I could follow up on on that previous answer because that was fascinating yeah. to me. You know, I I've, I've been in the locker room for twelve years, but I've never been in the offensive line room. So you, so you can take me in there. What what goes into building that type of game plan? Is it coming from Stoutland? Is it coming from the players? Is it coming from Brian Johnson and, and Nick Sirianni? How do you kind of rebuild or configure that type of plan that effectively in three four days? Well, you know, the thing is, Zach, is you, you know you have a, a loose plan that gets introduced on Wednesday, installation, new plays, you know, uh, emphasis, you know, you have your, your, um, your meeting where you're basically going through personnel. Okay. Um, and so you're going through all that. And then, and then you start watching the cutups or the clips or the game. You know, I'm sure they just sat there and was watching this Indianapolis game and they're like, we, we can't let this happen. You know, we can't let the offensive guard handle Aaron Donald in a three technique if the center sliding away. And so you start talking through it, be honest with you, Zach. And it's almost like, you know, Stoutland's the coach. Okay, but what do you think about this, guys? Or Kelsey's like, Coach, what do you think about this? Or Lane's like, hey, Coach, like, we, we can't let this happen. You know, so I think, you know, the fact that you have such veteran, you know, some teams have veteran players, Zach, but they don't have all pro veteran players. You know, like, you got an 11-year veteran in, in, 11 year veteran in, in uh, Lane and then 12 or 13 with Kelsey. Like, you've got guys that have been around this league a long, long time. And then, you know, you, you know, Stoutler's been there every day since Lane's been there. They came together. So there's a great deal of input and a great deal of trust with what they have to say about a particular player. Because at the end of the day, Zach, you know, Brian can put on a game plan and Nick can tweak it and Stout can have this, but the player's got to execute it. And they know what Aaron Donald is capable of doing. And so – you just don't – and they have other good players, too. Leonard Floyd's a great player. Like, they've got other good players that are having great seasons. But you don't want that guy to ruin your offense. And I think that's kind of how it was born. Interesting. You know, we, we've heard so much over the years about, about those meetings and how, you know, Kelsey is willing to be combative with, with Stout in, uh, in those meetings in terms of what he thinks will work on the field. And we've heard so much about how Isaac Sayamala was like the other guy who was seen as – the, the other genius in the room, right? And so with him gone, to have a guy like Opeta, who, as you said, Baldy, has been in the room and been part of those conversations, you know, not, not to say that, like, Cam Jurgens would have done that. He got to watch it last year. But maybe there is some value to just a guy who's been in those meetings for so long. Well, it's interesting. I, like, um, like, I remember when Nate Herbig and Jordan Malata were kind of just starting out together. And, you know, they, 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 would get, they got on the field. And they, they had some, you know, um, missed assignments or bad technique or whatever. And they would like literally go into, you know, Monday's meetings 
And they would have like a competition, like who's going to get it worse from Stout? Like which guy was getting it worse today? And it was almost like a badge of honor. Like you're getting coached by the best. Like we're, we're, he's doing this to make you better. And it's not like he's leaving Lane out of those sessions either. Like there's respect there for Lane. But I mean, Stout coaches hard. And, you know, some some players respond. Some players don't respond. They have a guy now that's, you know, starting in another city. He didn't respond very well when Stout got on. And so I think it builds the thickness and the, you know, the, the calluses a little bit to, to handle the, some of those things, but it's all based on performance. And so, uh, you know, Stout is like, even like Zach, you, you know, you guys, you guys going to be up there in New York this weekend. So, you know, there'll be a MetLife stadium and, you know, you'll see Dickerson and Mulata with Stout and, out, you know, two hours for kickoff, just going through bag drills, you know, just running fundamentals, like reminders, like, okay, the Jets do this. When Bryce Huff is here, walks for this. And they're just walking through stunts and assignments. And, like, really the teaching, it never ends. And that's why if you throw Driscoll in there right now, if you throw Petta in there right now, you throw some of these guys in there. I don't know what Tyler Steen's like yet, but they, they spoke highly of him in preseason. Like, these guys, there isn't a big drop-off when they go in there. Obviously, another uh, you know good defensive tackle coming this week in, in Quinn and Williams. Speaking of young defensive tackles, Baldy, the one guy I want to ask you about is, is Jordan Davis, who the first two weeks, I thought it was one of the most encouraging things we saw from this team was Jordan Davis taking that step as a pass rusher and becoming an impact player in that part of his game. It feels like that has quieted down a little bit over the past three or four games. He didn't play, you know, he played fewer snaps than Milton Williams in this game with Fletcher Cox out. What do you see from, from Jordan Davis at this stage of the season? Well, he was invisible last week, to be honest with you, Bo. I mean, that's a game where Marlon's out and Fletcher's out. So your defensive rotation, which has been five thick, you know, throughout the season has now been reduced. And so, you, you know, you're expected to step up, obviously Jalen, goes in there and he just, you know, he's just a monster. But you just have not seen it from Jordan. Now, is that just fatigue? Is that um, getting into the season? Is there something, you know, nagging at him right here? But you haven't seen any of the physical blunt force that I saw, you know, that you saw, you know, against uh, New England that you saw early in the season right now. I just have, I haven't seen it uh, in the last two weeks. In, in speaking about the defense, Sean Desai, had a game plan there that that did better against the Rams than any other team they've seen this this year. Uh, what are you seeing from Sean Desai's a defense overall and the blitzing in particular? It's more than we've seen with the Eagles in recent years. It's actually amazing, Zach, because you know against Washington, obviously they weren't very good. You know, Commanders go down the field in the final minute thirty, score in the final play. Like nobody wants that on the resume, nobody. And so you know in that game they played Bradbury in the nickel a lot. And he looked, I'm not saying he was lost. He's a veteran player, but he, he's not a nickel. And so they go out and they get Bradley Roby off the street. You know, they're starting Eli Ricks in there. Um, Josh Job is out. Like he didn't play last week. Like they juggled the whole secondary, you know, uh, Edmonds is out. Um, you know, Evans is in like, they really, you know, Roby goes in and plays a number of snaps. He's in the nickel. Uh, Goodrich is in the nickel. Like, I just think they're just trying to find players. Like, Avante's absence, you know, really has made this team adjust a great deal in probably ways they weren't expecting just because he was just that good. So, um, I feel like last week they blitzed a lot. And 
I think you have to because the timing between Stafford and both Cooper Cup and Nakua is just, I mean, it's just uncanny. What the, the timing and what he believes in those two guys. And they didn't really hurt him that bad. I mean, they had catches, but it's not like they got over the top on him. And so I think, you know, the two linebackers in Cunningham and Morrow played real well. Uh, but they really are trying to figure out the secondary right now. And that, that looks like that might continue to juggle, although they played a lot better last week than they had. Last one uh, for you, Baldy, before we let you go. Give us the, the sort of uh, top-line scouting report on, on this Jets team. What is going to be keeping you know, Nick Sirianni up at night this week? Well, a couple things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very close to that team. I'm actually going up there tomorrow morning uh, to do something with Salah. Uh, but, you know, this Sunday will be the fourth straight week that it looks like they're going to line up the same offensive line group, although they lost a, um, AVT last week. And so I'm not sure if Vera Tucker is going to play right tackle. They have Max Mitchell in there, so it might not. But I would, I'd be concerned about Brees Hall. Like, Brees Hall's got a run this year of 83 yards, 43 yards, 72-yard touchdown last week. Like, if you don't get him at the line of scrimmage and you let him get in the secondary, he's got breakaway speed and he's very elusive. So that would keep me up. And then defensively, they've, they, they changed their fronts up a lot. Um, Jermaine Johnson is a handful for either tackle. Uh, Bryce Huff is just a pure European Bugatti coming off the edge. Quinton Williams, if you don't double-team him, I don't care who he's going against, he's going to win. Um, they're eight deep on the defensive line. I think they're two linebackers right now, and Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley are playing as good in tandem as just about anybody in the league. And so last week, Denver never tested a secondary. They didn't really test Sauce Gardner. They didn't really test D.J. Reed. But they're very, very good um, back there. I would say that the Eagles obviously love the deep ball. Um, I would say, like, Go after their safeties. Make the safeties play the ball in the air. Like Sauce and DJ are good, but you need safety help over the top on some of these throws. Like I would think they're going to take a, their share of deep shots like they always do. But I would say if they're going to beat this Jets team and beat them like I think they want to beat them, they're going to need the deep ball in order to do that. All right. Great insight as always from Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network. Baldy, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Okay, guys. Enjoy the game, man. I'll see you on Sunday. Take care. Thanks, Baldy. Uh, well, Zach, let's talk a little bit about FOCO before we get to the reaction from Brian Baldinger. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHOY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHOY for 10% off. Um, a good, good stuff from Baldy there. I, I loved that hit from uh, Baldy, and, and I'll tell you why. The answer about putting the game plan together for Aaron Donald, it's always good to get analysis about what they see, right? I love when you can get analysis about what they can experience. Uh, like what it's like to put that plan together because none of us have lived it. Baldy's lived it. He knows what it's like in that offensive line room. So that was my favorite part of our conversation was him talking about the you know what the veterans were were doing, meeting with Jeff Stoutland, how they put that plan together, 
how it was a different plan than what they did when they've stopped Aaron Donald in the, in the past. I mean, I was I was like a kid in the candy store when he was talking there. That's I want to write a story about that. That's awesome. All right. Well, maybe you can do that on all PHLY. <laughs> .com, Zach. Uh, all right. Last thing I want to talk to you about before we get going. We did the look back at the predictions from before the season. I want you to make a, a prediction on one superlative for the rest of the season. Okay. This is a, a similar question. Yes. Who is the player who will be more relevant for the rest of the season or over the second half of the season, let's say, than, than he is now? And I can give you some options or no. you can tell me who else comes to mind. You know, I think Sidney Brown is... Is a possibility here. Nicobe Dean would be an obvious answer. He hasn't played. Yeah, no, I I have one on the tip of my tongue. Okay, uh, I think you could make a case for Nolan Smith. That's is who he I was the guy who's going to be a bigger yes. factor? You could say Marcus Mariota if we get the annual uh, Jalen Hurts uh, okay. injury. Keely Ringo maybe gets uh, into things a little bit, but Nolan is the guy who you have on on nervous Nolan, as we see in the chat. Is that what they call him, nervous Nolan? Nervous Nolan Bison. That's a book about. Uh, I, I potty training young bison looking to poop on the potty for the first time. Never read that book. It's a, written by a listener. I, I got to read it. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that in my we shopping had Jane, cart. We had Jane potty training this weekend. Uh, how did that go? It went pretty well. Nice. Good for you guys. This is our second, second, second crack at it. No pun intended. Nice. <laughs> Talking about a three, uh, uh, almost three-year-old girl. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Nolan Smith. Uh, <laughs> Nolan Smith. I think Nolan Smith because, first off, uh, I think the learning curve for edge rushers is lower than it is at other positions. Run toward the quarterback. I think he has the athletic traits. I think they're going to continue to trust him. There could be injuries at that position, and he moves up the depth chart. Uh, and I just I really liked what I saw from, from Nolan Smith this summer. I know he was going up against backup offensive linemen when he was doing it, but... I think Nolan Smith's playing time is going to continue to increase, and I think run toward the quarterback. He he has the physicality. Yeah, let's. I'm going with uh, when we're doing a show, uh, week 15, okay, in December, um, on the Tuesday show of week 15, we will be talking about Nolan Smith. Record this, put this, and you can make this a drop. Week 15, the Tuesday show. We'll be talking about Nolan Smith. I mean, that's something that you can just make true because you can just talk about Nolan Smith. We'll be talking about Nolan Smith for good reason. Nolan Smith will make a play that will compel us to talk about him. I have an aesthetic, uh, not complaint, but note on Nolan Smith. No gloves? Yeah, I feel okay. like he's he's not good enough yet to, <laughs> to wear no gloves. Really? Yeah, like he's not Reggie White, you know? Like, let's, let's go do something first before we make such an aesthetic uh, choice. Oh, uh, I disagree, so... Uh, when you know, when it's I play, like when, when you I know the baseball. Kelseys talk about the, like the tight ends wearing no gloves. Like you know, you're just making it harder for yourself. No, so when I played baseball, right, and I I wasn't very good on a team of very good players. Famously played against Matt Ryan. And we were number ten in the country um, by USA Today, number eight by collegiate baseball. Um, but a little flex there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't wear batting gloves, and I t- kind of took pride in not wearing batting gloves. Sure. Yeah. You're a big Moses Alou fan. You peed on your hands before the game. First of all, it was Moises, not Moses. Okay. I said Moises. You said Moses. I said Moises. He, made he was one of my character. favorite players. I said <laughs> Moises. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did not wear batting gloves. So, uh, I, you strike me as like a, a batting glove guy. No, You I, strike I, me as someone who had all the gear. 
No, I went back and forth sometimes because okay. I was an Alu fan. Okay, uh, I did try to go no batting gloves, but I, you know, batting yeah. gloves are better. They <laughs> yeah, it depends, you know. It's easy to wear no batting gloves, Zach, when you're sitting on the bench. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> that is accurate. But look, I care about you know, it's 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 about we before me. We were thirty-two and two. Okay, there was a good reason why I was on the bench. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Fair guys enough. in front of me were better. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We got Coach sitting uh, crisscross applesauce on the floor there. He's got to get up and get out of here. So uh, we will uh, talk to you on Thursday, Thursday and Friday. And then, of course, the pre and post game show on Sunday. So thank you once again to Brian Baldinger. Sorry again for the, uh, the technical difficulties. We'll get that all pieced together and uh, get it sorted out. And we look forward to talking to you on Thursday. So for Zach and Bree and coach and uh emily i hope you and baldy and, and I, emily i hope you enjoy the uh the new zach that comes home today with his chest puffed out <laughs> feeling very good about himself and uh we will talk to you on thursday as always we love you